ओम माई नेम इज राम वक्कालंका आई एम ए योगा फिलासफर सैंस्क्रिट एक्सपर्ट नाद योगी एंड मेडिटेशन इंस्ट्रक्टर आई वुड लाइक टू वेलकम द सीकर्स ऑफ अथेंटिक योगिक विजडम टू माई पॉडकास्ट योगा फिलासफी एंड विजडम विथ राम वक्कालंका इन दिस एपिसोड लेट्स ठाक अबाउट वाई टेक्सट्स ऑन योगा सच एज भगवद गीता और योगा सूत्रास कैन बी कन्फ्यूजिंग एट फर्स्ट लेट्स बिगिन विद दी ओपनिंग चैंट्स ओम सहना वबतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर करवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुमाषा वहै ओम शांति 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 I remember having read somewhere perhaps in the yoga journal that around 70% or so people who pick up Bhagavad Gita cannot go past the first chapter and Bhagavad Gita has 18 chapters in fact as i teach sanskrit and yoga philosophy to audiences across the world i hear more often than not from my own students and audiences that yogic texts such as Bhagavad Gita and yoga sutras can be very confusing especially to western yoga practitioners i thought hmm that sounds interesting let me address this so in this episode of yoga philosophy and wisdom with ram bakalanka let's talk about why yogic texts can be confusing first thing to note is that most of the ancient texts explaining the principles and practices of yoga such as bhagavad gita yoga sutras yoga vasishtham etc were written by enlightened yogis also known as rishis apart from the texts written by the rishis there are of course many books on yoga written by different categories of authors such as scholars researchers asana teachers bloggers who are just collating material from various websites or even by artificial intelligence you might have noticed that while talking about the works of rishis i use the word text and while describing the works of others i used the word book you may be wondering why i used two different words to describe the same thing and what's the difference between a text and a book here is an important thing many people don't know a book is a product of the intellect while a text is a product of a vision of the truth there is a huge difference between the two you will understand this more as you keep listening rushis being enlightened beings their works are rooted in the direct perception of the truth and the authenticity such a lofty experience brings the rushis are absolutely free from the mental conditioning passions and prejudices that an ordinary mind is afflicted with a rushis work is marked by its directness simplicity and clarity the rushi's work is filled with truth and light from beginning to the end the rushi conveys the highest truth through his works a mind steeped in mental afflictions such as mental conditioning prejudices and passions cannot easily understand a rushi's work due to its own limitations the ordinary mind can neither fathom the depth of the rushi's experience of the ultimate truth 
not scale the heights of a rishi's wisdom. Turning to the books written by other categories of authors, this kind of works are products of the author's intellect, scholarship, his or her desire to impress the readers and the critics, and of course, to make money. These books do serve a purpose, so please don't take this as a shot at anyone. A book may not be entirely devoid of truth, but it usually is a mix of the truth, the author's coloring, conditioning, opinions, and judgments. The reader has to carefully sift through all this to gather a few grains of truth from the book. A Rishi writes selflessly, only to share his experience, teach and uplift others. No other motive. Scholars and others write for selfish purposes, to win appreciation or make money, etc. While a Rishi can effortlessly understand the scholar's work, a scholar cannot easily understand a Rishi's work due to his or her own innate spiritual ignorance and other afflictions of the mind. Consequently, he or she tends to add their own coloring to the text. While knowledge of Sanskrit may suffice to understand a scholar's work, it takes at least a certain degree of experience of truth for the Rishi's work to be clearly understood. Ignorant people who approach a Rishi's work with ego miss the purport of a Rishi's vision. Lacking the humility to admit their ignorance, they usually ascribe their inner confusion to the text and declare the text to be confusing. More often than not, we don't have the humility to admit that maybe I am not ready for the text now. Maybe I should revisit this next week or next month, next year or even next decade. Instead, we blame the text for being complex or blame the author or blame the Sanskrit language. There's a poem in Sanskrit language. Vipula hrudaya bhi yoge khidyati kavye jado na maurkhye sve nindati kanchukameva praya shushkastani nari Broadly speaking, it means that a text shines only in the hearts that are wide open, not in the limited minds. However, the limited minds blame the text instead of their conditioned intellect. We are irresistibly attracted to the texts of a Rishi at some level, but can't make complete sense of it due to our own limitations and develop a love-hate relationship with the Rishi's work. Unfortunate. If you really want to understand a Bhagavad Gita or a Yoga Sutras, you need to know a secret. If you bring your ego, mental conditioning and judgments made by your limited intellect to Bhagavad Gita, you will fail in understanding the text. You cannot progress beyond the first chapter of a text that contains 18 chapters you need to change your approach. You need to come to the Rishi's work with love, reverence, humility, patience, sincerity, and the proverbial empty cup of a mind. There is an ancient work called Guru Gita. It says, Yasya deve para bhakti, yatha deve tatha gurav, tasyaite kathitha hyartha prakashante mahatmanaha. When one has the highest devotion to God and equally strong devotion to one's Guru, in such a person's heart, the essence of the texts shine. 
That's the secret to understanding a text such as Bhagavad Gita or Yoga Sutras. Try and keep your mental conditioning about what is right or wrong, how things should be, as well as your emotions at bay while reading ancient texts like Bhagavad Gita. Approach the text with inquisitiveness, open heart, humility and a spirit of surrender. Don't chase the text. Let the text flow to you. When you surrender to the text and patiently continue to read through it, keeping your conditioned opinions and judgments at bay, the same truth that the author Rishi experienced begins to dawn in your own heart also and fill it with light gradually. And the text becomes more and more clear and eventually shines in your heart. When the essence of the text shines in your heart, its meaning becomes crystal clear in your mind and intellect. Now, you become one with the text. You don't carry the meaning of the text and its Sanskrit words like a burden on your head, but rather you embody the text and its essence. This sacred process is called Anusandhana in Sanskrit. In India, when we sit down to read, say, Bhagavad Gita, we don't just jump in right away. We meditate on the text before we read the actual text with what is called Dhyana Shloka, a meditative verse. Then we offer gratitude to the Rishi who so generously shared his or her vision of the truth in the form of a text. Through all of these rituals, we tune ourselves to the text and get ready to receive its essence. Then we begin to read the actual text. This ritual of chanting the Dhyana Shloka, meditative verse, offering gratitude to the author Rushi, helps you tune yourself, open your heart to the essence of the text to flow in and should be done before you start reading the text, anytime and every time. Now that I mentioned the Bhagavad Gita and meditation on it, etc., I feel obligated to share those with you, which I shall promptly do in another podcast. All right, let's uh, wrap up today's podcast with this. Once again, my name is Ram Bakalanka. I'm a yoga philosopher, Sanskrit expert, Nada Yogi and meditation instructor. To know more about me or purchase my healing music and mantra albums, please visit www.rambakalanka.com or connect with me on Facebook and or Instagram or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Ram Bakalanka. Also, please Subscribe to my premium content and support me in spreading authentic yogic wisdom. I will reconnect with you again with another interesting topic in the next episode of Yoga Philosophy and Wisdom with Ram Bakalanka. In the meanwhile, please share this podcast with your family and friends and uh, get them to subscribe to my podcast and benefit from the wonderful wisdom that I share in these podcasts. Om Sahana Vavatu Sahanao Bhunaktu सह वीर करवाह तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तुमाद्विषा ओं शाति शाति शाति